closing in on John Terry territory. Hello and welcome back to Geordie's FPL. My name is Dan. I'm one half of Geordie's FPL and I'm joined again by the other half of Geordie's FPL, Stephen. Stephen, how are you, pal? I'm Kenny. I am not long back from Edinburgh. Had a good time up there with the missus, managed to ca- catch a bit of the football. Um, unfortunately, it was bad results for the two and again, but we've come to expect it. And, and not much football going on in general, to be honest with you. I know. <laughs> um, well, yes, so we obviously had a week off last week. As Stephen mentioned, he was in Edinburgh, so we couldn't record. But I don't think it's too bad anyways, mate, because half the Premier League teams decided to have a week off as well. So we're just following suit, really. I know, we couldn't have planned for that, could we? Well, no one can. And I'm sure we'll get into the absolute catastrophes people have been having with some of the game weeks due to a lot of the postponements. Um, so I think, obviously, there's been three game weeks. Well, you could probably say like one and a half game weeks, really. Since um, since we last recorded, so it's going to be a little bit pointless talking about our point scorers, our returners, and things like that. I mean, we'll talk about some of the some of the ups and downs of the game week. I'm sure you've got a couple where it's not quite went your way because of late postponements. Um, I've not been too bad, but I'm sure we'll get onto it. But just in terms of how you're doing, ish, just to keep the listeners up to date, how's your overall rank looking at the minute? Are you looking any better from the last time we recorded? Funnily enough, I've actually improved in the ranking. I think I had five red arrows in a row at one point, um, so things were looking a bit grim. But uh, more recently, I'm on on a ranking of 157k at the moment. Uh, the game week rank for game week 17 was 33k as well, so I managed to do quite wow. well. How have you been getting on, Dan? Very nice, very nice. Um, I think the last time we recorded was just before game week 16. I was 46k in the rank, overall ranks there, I'm 30 now, so I've had a nice little price rise, obviously I'm still hitting it near the top there, no like absolutely amazing weeks like last week, where 2.1 million game week rank, so obviously wasn't that great, but I'm still keeping up appearances, I'm a 30k rank overall and I'm very happy mate, the start of the season goal was top 100k and I seem to be doing that at the moment. Yeah, you're doing very well, I mean I took a few hits um, a couple of game weeks ago, bringing in Jota, Foden and Watkins, which seems to pay off in in the short term. But we don't know how long that's going to last because we just don't know what's coming up with the games. Exactly, mate, exactly. Although I do want to play homage to my minus four that I took last week because I think it was a stroke of luck slash brilliance. Took a minus four to get Tony and Mbwemo out and I brought in Watkins and Jacob Ramsey who gets his first Premier League goal on the week I brought him in. So, yeah, I was buzzing with that. But that was a few weeks ago. This is now. We're heading into Christmas and we've got absolutely no idea, or we've got a little bit of the idea, what is going to go on with games. COVID, postponements, mate. What the heck is going on? Uh, It's pretty dirty at the minute. You don't know what's coming around the corner. I mean, not just for us as FPL managers, but for the health and safety of the footballers and the staff involved. You really would be looking at a break to be honest with you but it doesn't look like they're going to go with it at the minute no there was a meeting was it between premier league officials or premier league managers or something what was going on and as i've read it as i understand it it looks like if a team has 14 squad players 
and the, the game has to go ahead and it can be lit ad with players under the age of 23 who have made first team appearances is that about right sounds about right i mean if you look at chelsea yesterday they had about 16 15 16 players they didn't include any of the under 21s on the bench either so that's probably proof of what you've just said yeah, and two goalkeepers of that, which is completely right. fucking useless because no one even makes one goalkeeping substitution. But do you think it's the right thing? I mean, I know our opinion means absolutely jack shit to anybody and any of the listeners. But what do you, in the terms of health and safety, obviously you've got all these rumours flying about about footballers don't tend to be very well. There's a low percentage of them that are vaccinated. Should they be getting vaccinated? Should they be forced to get vaccinated? Like NHS workers and things are, are they in the same bracket? Does But then I thought the question is, does vaccination even make a great difference? I don't know. But do you think do you think players should be vaccinated to stop this sort of thing happening again? Or do you think well, it's their choice so they get to choose what to do with themselves? I mean, whether they're vaccinated or not, it doesn't seem to be limiting the spread of it. Um, but... On that, I, I think like a couple of weeks break would have been the best thing to do at this point. Maybe leave it until after the new year, get everyone back or the ones that are able to play back at that point. Um, but obviously they want to carry on. I think it's more going to be more down to the, the financial as- aspect, especially with Boxing Day. There's that many games that get played on TV on Boxing Day. You know, they're not want to, going to want to miss out on the money that they can yeah. make. Yeah, the broadcasters wouldn't be very happy with that. No. But in terms of like actually them being healthy and well, you know, Youngman Son was a player that was definitely, well, he was one of the names that was mentioned in the Tottenham, because it was Tottenham who seemed to have it first, um, who had COVID, and well, he played against Liverpool yesterday, and he looked really, really good as well, so it's, what effect is it actually having, but in, it's a hard one, isn't it, you don't want to force people to get, it's a, you don't want to force people to get vaccinated, although they're forcing the NHS to get vaccinated, but then you, it's, what difference does it actually make to them? Yeah. But, uh, football-wise, like, I mean, I'm looking at this league table now and you've got Tottenham and Burnley who have played three games less than everyone else. Just these odd postponements here and there. Yes, OK, it can't be helped in some. But it's just, I think, do you think it's affecting like, the integrity of the league? It's like Newcastle, I may be saying this selfishly as a Newcastle fan, we're in 19th and you've got Burnley in 18th. They're the same points, but they've got three games in hand. So it, is it affecting the integrity of the league, the fairness of the league, where other teams know what they need to get? No, definitely, I would say so. I mean, it's going to cripple some some teams that haven't got big playing squads when they've got to play three games within a short period of time as well. So there's a lot to consider with that. But yeah, I mean, Newcastle now, they're in a really tricky situation. They were tricky anyways, but even more of a tricky situation where all of the teams around them have got games in hand and they, they know what yeah. they need to do to It's to a funny us. one to try and judge. Yeah, it's definitely a funny one to try and judge. But let's get away from the serious talk a little bit. FPL. Should there be an extra transfer or another free hit provided during these times to help FPL managers navigate through them? Or is it just going to be a case of FPL saying, well, you're all in the same boat, so you just all need to crack on? Can you, can you remember what, what it was last year? Did everyone get a, a wild card or something like that? Or Can you remember? Well, they were giving you still the free transfer every week. I remember that until the point when they, they completely... Uh, said that the season wasn't going to start for quite some time um, and then they did they give you an extra wild card where you could make unlimited transfers so you can make a case for both of them I mean the, the free hit one probably less of a case for that because why should they be giving you two free hits when you've already got one um, potentially some people have mm-hmm. used theirs obviously but an extra free transfer would go a long way I think you, you just at the minute it just seems more of a, a look like rolling the dice with what teams can play what teams can't play so how can you plan for that? 
or even say it's been a, a worthwhile decision. Yeah, and I suppose with the extra free transfer, it would have been useful this weekend when there was late postponements made and things like that. But if they were to tell managers now that there's two games off next week and say, for example, I mean, I don't know the fixtures, but say if the fixtures are Burnley, Newcastle and Norwich, Crystal Palace, when people don't have many assets or no assets and then a manager gets given two free transfers, but they don't have any of those teams playing, it gives them an unfair advantage as well. That's true. in terms of what FPL can actually do to assist, I think people are going to have to just bite the bullet. And if they're unlucky and their individual games get postponed, it's just it's just one of those things. I mean, I'm sure we'll get onto it, but a lot of people seeing all the fixture postponements coming up on the weekend, the deadline became later and later because of the later kickoffs. A lot of people got those Aston Villas assets in two hours before the game was due to start, which was probably only half an hour before the deadline was actually going to be. So it wasn't a bad bad choice to do it. But obviously the game got called off late. People have made those minus fours, people have made those transfers. But I don't think it's really up to FPL to turn that around. At the end of the day, it's a game, isn't it? That's it. I mean, I'm one of the unlucky ones impacted by it. I put Martinez in at half past 12 on Saturday. I think at 12.40, the game got called off. So oh. I could have, to be fair, I would, I would have only went for either Martinez or Ramsdale anyway. So what I've missed out on two points, not much of a detrimental yeah. fact, uh, impact on me. But I've seen a lot of people taking minus fours for Watkins and, and players like that. So you can see how they would be suffering. And it does, it doesn't feel like it's a fair playing field when that happens. But like you say, what can FPL do about it? It's out of their hands. And I think another thing to consider with this sort of thing is there's actually FPL players on opposite sides of the world who only realise the score when they wake up and things like that. So this late news that we said, oh God, we found out, we only found out two hours before deadline that there's a game postponed or whatever. Well, there's actually some managers who are finding out after the game was meant to have been played that the no. game wasn't even on. So talk about a level playing field. If we want to look at that, then really we've got an upper hand just by being in this country, really. Um, but I suppose that leads on to the fact that the game weeks recently, potentially the game weeks coming up, depending on how teams can field teams, it's just pure luck, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, we've we've looked at um, what kind of strategy you can have, especially when you take into account that we're nearly halfway through the season now. I mean, in terms of strategies this year, I've noticed a lot of them are going big at the back. How do you feel about that, Dan? Have you thought that's a good way to go this season? Well, it has been this season, hasn't it? Because... I mean, I don't want to blame it solely on this manager at this time period, but when Conte came in at Chelsea and won the league, and he won the league with Alonso and Moses as the highest wing-backs you've ever seen, and now everyone everyone's sort of following the trend. You know, you've got Chelsea that are still doing it. Man City, although they still play at the four the back, are doing it. Liverpool have done it for a few years now. And the big at the back is you're getting defenders in now, not even for the clean sheets. It's for their attack on returns. So, I mean, there's a lot of teams where you... If it was Man City, for example, you know, they've been leaky at the back quite a little bit this season, you know, the odd goal here and there. You wouldn't have their defenders in on an, a normal back four, like a Newcastle back four. But when you've got Cancelo doing it, you can't you can't ignore it. And at £6 million, it's the question is, how much would you play for a player who's getting that points total if they were a midfielder or a striker? Well, the answer is probably eight, eight and a half, so you have to get them in. And that's why you see a lot of defensive lines, that that's a Livermento plus two Chelsea boys, Cancelo and Trent. And how can you argue against it? Yeah, I mean, I remember a few years back, probably about four or five seasons ago, everyone was like premium at the front. The front three would always be a premium 
uh, players like like say Aguero, Kane, and Vardy. Obviously, that's changed quite a lot now. You don't sometimes you don't even see a premium player up front for certain teams. Like I haven't got a premium forward at the moment. I know you've got Ronaldo still, um, but it seems like times have changed a lot since four or five seasons ago when there was a plethora of forwards that you could choose from. Yeah, but I think that's also to do with like the lone striker or that no one really plays a two anymore. So it's you've sort of slashed your slashed your strikers in half there. Teams that do play a two, they don't really have the the attractive strikers to be honest with you. No. And then it's just it obviously we're talking about teams are only playing one up top anyways, and that's because they've got these wing backs who are classed as defenders. So it's like, well why aren't you going there? Well, that's why everyone is going there and coming away from the strikers. You get a point less for a striker goal than you do a midfielder goal, and that just obviously makes it more interesting to get a midfielder in. So when you're a captain in midfield as well, that's an extra two points, and then you've got the clean sheet. So I think big at the back is where it's at. I mean, I can't yeah. remember a time over the years where there's been a... Well, you'll probably be able to tell us the most expensive defender going forward. I bet not many of them are able to get over Trent's 8.2 or whatever he is now. Well, I've seen a tweet from the official FPL last week uh, stating that John Terry was 9 million back in the 2004 wow. 2005 season. So, yeah, I think he, we got a lot, about 25, 26 clean sheets that season. So, that'll be the reason as to why he was so much. But, yeah, I don't think anyone's coming close to John Terry's price anytime soon. Not even the wing-backs. Imagine a centre-half getting priced to anything over seven at the start of the season. Everyone would just scoff and just say, no, you're all right, mate. <laughs> Nine million. I mean, 20, 25, 26 million sheets, OK, that's brilliant. But you can't foresee that at the start of the season. Like, I mean, people would have ended up on them, but I don't think one of them would have been me. Yeah, I mean, what you were saying before about Trent um, and how he only started the season at 75 I mean, he's on 126 points at the moment. He's the second highest scoring defender in the game. So, should he get a massive hike in price next season? Well, you, you had a kind of hike this season. You had a hike the season before. It's, it, it's hard to argue against it because, I mean, out of the top six point scorers in FPL, three of them are defenders. So, it, obviously, they, they're, they're getting more recognition and get, that's why they're getting the price hikes. Trent's 8.3 at the moment. So, he's, he's closing in on... John Terry territory, but if he started the season at 8.3, obviously I know he can't, but he would have left you with a decision if he was 8. 7.5, he was always in for me, you know, mm-hmm. being in all season, but he leaves you with a decision. 9 million would have been a lot, far too much for me, but then how can you argue against it? He's the second highest scoring player in the game. That's true, and I mean, if you look at 8 million midfielders, or, you know, in that bracket, we've got Mares at the minute, 8.6 million, he's only on 58 points you would say it's warranted to give Trent another hike. But I don't think he's going to come close to, to John Terry's price. <laughs> well, I don't think you can get much closer now. I mean, nearly half the game on him now. I think you would have to get to about 100% to even get anywhere near it. So, well, I, don't, I wouldn't mind if he did, though, because he would just kept going up in my price value. Um, and this is sort of coming away from COVID a little bit, but talking about strategies anyways. Captaincy choices. I mean, we've talked about it a lot. And it's, it's, it's Salah Perma captain and... It's, are you choosing a captain because everybody else has got him? But the reason you should choose a captain is because you believe he's going to be the highest point scorer of that game week. I mean, I was going into this week and I, I, I didn't really have any, not any hope. Obviously, you do it to Mohamed Salah. You always think he's going to do something. He hasn't blanked since game week two before last night. And I had him captain, although I was very deliberating over a Man City player because I thought they would have scored more points. But I just went with Salah because... Everybody else does. Is that the right decision or the wrong decision? It's a real problem at the moment, effective ownership, isn't it? 
because a lot of people are just going with Salah because everyone else is going with them. But like you say, sometimes you've just got to go for the player who thinks going to score the most points. Um, that's what I did this weekend. I went for Chancelo against Newcastle. Yeah, I fancied him to get at least a clean sheet and an assist. Obviously, he came up with a goal as well. So that's one of the best captaincy choices I've done so far this season. But back to the original point, you have to go with the player that you thing's going to score the most points, albeit it's not always going to come in. Like when I went with Chilwell earlier in the season, <laughs> didn't seem great when Salah, I think Salah got a goal as well in that game. So it doesn't always come in, but at least then you know you went for for the decision based off your, your own back and if it's not right, you can't complain, can you? Your head's telling you to go Salah because everyone else has went Salah. Yeah, your, your, heart's, your heart's telling you to go Cancelo or something like that. I mean, when Liverpool played Man United, I didn't think Salah was going to go and get a hat-trick, but I captained them anyways, and in that sense, it's worked. So I suppose times like that, or you remind yourself of times like that, when you are choosing your captaincy. In Tottenham, when you could have went, he didn't. He had a very quiet game yesterday, but if someone had told you, if you had to walk up on the Monday and someone had to said, oh, Salah scored two, you wouldn't have been like, all right, okay. Yeah. Oh well, didn't expect that. You know what I mean? It would have been absolutely fine. You would have expected it. Yeah. But it's always a hard one. It's like, I mean, I've went against him a couple of times this season. It has came off once or twice. Son came off, but there's been times where it hasn't came off. So you just you just need to be very careful with it, really. But I, I would like, I think because I'm such a high rank, or I feel like I'm doing really well this season, I want to go with Salah just because everyone else around us has, and I know how much it can hurt us. But there's times. Well, like I mentioned before, I would love to have went for a City player. I probably would have went Cancelo if I was going to go for one because I had Gundogan and obviously I wasn't confident he would start. So it's, it's a hard one each week, but you just feel like the safe one, Salah. And because I'm doing okay this season, I feel like I'm just going to keep picking Salah, which, yes, it, it does feel boring and I probably will be wanting to change it up at some point. Yeah, I mean, whilst we're talking about uh, strategies to have... Late transfers seems to to be the way to go at the moment, as proven by my little mishap on the on the weekend. But yeah, with the amount of postponements at present, leaving your transfers to the last minute and just forgetting about the the price rises or the price drops is going to be the best way to go because um, the more information you have ready to make the transfers, the better. But then, yes, but things that we would always try and say leave your transfers to late, like price value. Doesn't unless you're desperate, you know, try and leave your transfers as late as you can, especially if there's like midweek fixtures in like Europe or even FA Cup and things like that. But it, it, late transfers, yes, you want to make them as late as possible, even now. But then you also, if you're debating a player or thinking about getting a player, you need you need to stay off Twitter, but you need to stay on it at the same time because Twitter's got so much shitty noise. Like I was hearing so many rumours that Salah wasn't going to be playing this weekend, and I was sort of half buzzing because we vice captain was, was on be Cancelo. Forming. I was going to be forming <laughs> if you got a vice captaincy out of Cancelo. Like that would have been it for <laughs> oh, me. Oh wait, man! I thought we were working together, mate. I thought we were trying to do as well as we can, but never mind. I remember that. <laughs> but like. But then I was thinking, oh, well, if, if you know, you get yourself into a bit of a tizz, well, oh, well, if he doesn't play, and he, then you'd be scared, oh, well, whatever, he comes on, and then you, you get the line-up and you start anyway, so it's just all bullshit. But obviously Twitter is where it's at to find out some of that news. There's, there's got to be, I mean, I'm sure people listen, they'll have certain accounts that they'll not check on regularly, but, you know, if there's something going along, or ones that they trust, maybe. So it, it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to gauge whether or not where you're getting your news from is the right place to get your news. If you're not sure 100%, just go with your gut, I think. But late transfers, especially at the moment, is is a must, if anything. 
you do feel like on Twitter, like 70% of it is just shite and 30% of it's actually truthful, but you feel like you still got to be on there just in case that one bit of important news that's truthful does come out. Um, but I've seen the same thing as you, the Salah news on, on Sunday, and I was thinking, yeah, I'm not even going to gain much from this Chancelo captaincy if these spawny bastards get him from Salah not playing. <laughs> but thankfully, Salah did play. I, I would have been I would have been buzzing to be fair like, but <laughs> I bet you would it is what it is yeah. um, another strategy well it might not be a strategy but it just might have to turn into what people need to do especially in light of the last few weeks having a strong bench mate I see a lot of teams out there who have lit at their team with Sissoko or a Brownhill or they've got like an Oberfemi or some shit in just so that they can get the other players in but it's all it's going to take now is potentially one game week that one game or two games a game week that's called off you need your bench to come in and yes okay it might be a two-pointer but it's not what you want I feel lucky that I'm in the position that my four million defender has been Livermento and now I've found a way well not found a way but I've been forced into getting a 4.5 million midfielder and at the moment, that's Jacob Ramsey who seems to be starting. So I feel quite good about my weaker players or my bench players. But yeah. I think teams who have got, you know, your Sosogos, your Brownhills, need to be trying to find a way to get a little bit of money to get somebody else. I don't know what you think or whether you just think, well, it's two points is two points. I think the same as yourself. Um, obviously, a few seasons ago, a lot of people would have two or three non-playing um Pure bench fodder. Yeah, pure bench fodder. I mean, I remember a few seasons ago, I used to have Greenwood on there when he was really cheap. He didn't really play that often. Um, and you weren't even that bothered back then because as long as you had like a strong 11 and maybe one sub, one decent sub, you, you still felt like you wouldn't lose out on many points. But now, more than ever, you definitely need a strong bench. And if you can get like cheap options on there, which always play, like you, you mentioned, Livermento and Ramsey, then you're in a really privileged position. Yeah, and I think for a lot of managers, especially, I mean, I know we keep hopping on, but especially over the last two game weeks, sorting that bench out for a lot of people is a luxury move. People aren't going to take a minus four to get Sissoko out of their team. <laughs> but I think it's becoming to the point now where you need to or you need to start thinking about how to get a decent playing bench or even even not even just a bench. You want a decent playing bench because there's a good chance that those players are going to be coming in for your team over the next few weeks, especially over the winter, because that seems to be when all the postponements are going to be. It's going to be hard to do because you're going to have to downgrade a player to get to another player. But in a sense, if a team has been told they're not going to play for two weeks, you can downgrade a player to upgrade a player. So it might be all right. It's just, it's just, it feels like a keep my transfer, your bench transfers is just dirty. You just don't want to do it. It is. I felt rotten as soon as I brought Martinez into the side. I mean, just coming away from the strategy side of things, would you look to play a free hit in any of these game weeks coming up if there was more postponements? You know, I had a question about that the other day and they were talking about, oh, I've got seven players or I've got eight players. I think it was eight players actually, so it wasn't even too bad in the end. Do I play me free hit? But, I mean, they could. The game week 22 is looking like a lock for a double game week for a lot of teams. There's going to be potentially even some triple game weeks with all you don't know how the games are going to go what postpones are going to go and it depends how you look at it do you want to just like sit back and like okay other people are going to have a bad week i'm going to try and capitalize that's fine but i'm going to be trying to capitalize when people have potentially played their free hit in stupid game weeks like this and i can get a full 11 of doublers that's what i'll be doing 
That's yeah. what I would recommend everyone else to do to get the most points because doubles and triples, although maybe it's not a triple, I think we've only ever had one triple and that was Man United last season and that was a shit show anyways. But that'll that I think you should try and attack on your free yeah. hit and doubles <laughs> is where where you can do it really. So yeah, I, if you if, if if you're that desperate, if you end up with a game where you've got three players somehow then yeah, okay, you probably gain just as many points by free hitting in a double, but I'll be saving mine for the doubles, definitely. I don't know how you feel about that. Well, you've got to remember everyone's in the same boat. There's not many people playing the free hits anyways, so I know that there was the record amount for this game week, but I still think it was only like 300,000 or something like that, so there's not many people playing them anyways, and I mean, the last two game weeks, I had 10 players for game week 17, got 83 points, and 7 players for... Game week 18 got 66, so I'm doing actually better with less players than I am with a full 11. So <laughs> <laughs> if that's anything to go by, yeah, I would say if you've got seven plus players, there's, there's really no point in playing a free hit. Yeah, no, exactly. And as you say, everybody's in the same boat. Everybody has got the same kind of teams. Everyone had put Villa players in because they had Norwich. Everyone's done it. No one needs to beat themselves up about it because everybody's done it. It then just depends on what your players on the pitch do. Like I think in the end, with Gundogan not coming on, I think they only had seven players. But I still managed to get 51 points and I didn't take a minus four. So I've beat the average like quite comfortably. A lot of players took a minus four, so I've gained um, ground on them as well. So yeah, just... Just play your game how you think you want to play the game. Don't be interrupted or distracted by any of the Twitter noise. Just do as you do. If you need any advice, you know where we are. We can't exactly say that we're FPL experts by any stretch of the imagination, but we can try and shed some light on how we are thinking or how we are trying to navigate it. And it might just help you. It might not. You might want a triple captain Sissoko next week. <laughs> it means nothing to us, but we can try and help. And that leads on nicely to one of our last topics we're going to talk about, which is NUFC. Our oh, beloved Newcastle. We do like to talk about them now and then on this, even if we're doing quite shite at the minute. Um, one win in 18 games so far, three points short of 17th at the minute, and a lot of the teams around us have got games in hand, like we mentioned a bit earlier on. Where do we go from here? Well, I think I've got one word to describe the situation at the morning, and that is bleak. I we going to say relegation. Well, no, I think that's obvious. That was the <laughs> obvious word, so I'm going to say it's looking bleak. Uh, it's annoying us because we are we do seem to be playing a little bit better. We do. But it doesn't matter how well you play. It depends on how many points you've got on the board. One win in 18 games, like, is that is that even been done before? Like, that's ridiculous. And people are going to be talking about January signings, this, that and the other. But even if you're at half decent player and even if you get like a relegation clause in your contract like why would you even want to risk it anyways I, I, I don't I just don't see we're getting the players in that people are touting around to be honest with you one player who I've been set on thinking we're going to get we'll get this over the line is Tarkovsky from Burnley I think he would help out a lot especially because the defence is absolutely shocking but then the more I think of it it's like right okay so we've got six months left for his contract and we could probably get him for 10 million why would Burnley sell him for 10 million when staying in the Premier League would be worth a lot more than 10 million? So they'll just keep him on until his contract runs out, and I don't think he'll be in any any hurry to come to us. So I'd, the transfers I keep thinking in my head are like realistic and likely. The worst we look in the league, and it's only going to get worse on the 27th when we get smashed off Manchester United. I just can't see where 
attracting any of these players. People are talking about Martial on loan for a season, Trippier for 25 million. Like, what? Why? Trippier's getting a game for Atletico Madrid. Why is he going to come in, battle it out up here? I don't get it. I don't understand people's thinking of why why they would want to do this. If they do, then fucking fair play. I'll eat. I'll eat my own words. But but why? I wouldn't do it if I was a player. I mean, whilst you're talking about signings, Dan, is there any four signings that you'd like to see come through the door? Like, realistic ones, obviously. I know you've mentioned Tarkovsky. Um, I would like him as well. But is there anyone else that springs to mind that you'd really like, especially position-wise, which we're struggling with at the minute, defensively? Well, I think we should sign Lejeune back, mate, because I think Eddie Howe could do wonders with him. I'm not even taking the piss either. Um he was nah, the best centre-back at one point, wasn't he, defensively? It's prob- probably at all points, but obviously Bruce has tried to coach them not to play football, and he's a football-playing centre-half. How dare he? <laughs> um, but, you know, it's, it's going to be it's gonna be loan signings, youngins who are coming in to prove a point, potentially. Potentially even youngins that are well thought of. We've mentioned, I mean, I know we've thought about centre-halves, but there's no real centre-halves that are jumping out of this, to be honest with you. Um, Van der Beek seems to be one that would be nice to come in and just show what he's about perhaps and before he gets probably a move to like Crystal Palace or something next year. But honestly, mate, I'm I'm so done with the rumour mill that's going round, you see, all the Newcastle accounts. I mean, I know a few of the listeners won't see them because they'll not be Newcastle fans, but it just it just seems like a big spiral of shite that's really coming out of the mouths and no one's really got any clue what to do. And I've do we even have a sport under? I don't even know if we've got anyone that knows yes. how to sign players. So, no. so what's going on? I just you you tell me who who do you think is actually January thirty first? Name me three players that we've signed. It's hard to even pick one out. It's just all rumours at the moment. Um, like you say, who who's actually going to want to come to us if we're still floating about in the bottom three? Um, I would love to see Dean Henderson come to us. I have seen that. But is that going to change the game that much for us, you know? Nah, it's probably it's not a position we fundamentally need, but I would love to see him just for the future anyways. Um, Tarkovsky, like, I'd love to see him as well. He's a leader. We need a, a proper centre-back because we've got Nen at the minute and Clark's just None. a shower shite. Um, separate of that, yeah. Lingard would, exactly. be, Lingard would be a class signing, but it looks like he's going to stay at Man U until the end of the season when he's leaving on a free. So... Who else have you got to choose from, really? I, I mean, if Lingard wants to come for some game time, he's more than welcome. But a bit of a fall from grace, really, when he smashed it for West Ham. West Ham wanted him for 20-odd million or whatever it was, 30 million. Got told no, and then what's he going to join? Newcastle, just a, exactly a year on, just seems just seems like a bit of an odd transfer from... Considering he turned down West Ham, why would he then say, yeah, OK, Newcastle will do? Yeah, it doesn't make much sense to me. Like, I mean, I suppose it's close to their home from Mary's, but... Yeah, I don't know. I think we need to, we don't we can't prepare for relegation because we've got so much fucking money that we'd like to think that we'd be able to do something to stop the relegation. But if we were to get relegated, Stephen, would it be the worst thing? Right now, I would say yes. Previously, when we didn't have money, I would say no because it gets rid of a lot of the shit. Like we're seeing, we're bounced back up both seasons, uh, finishing top of the league. So previous two relegations actually worked out quite well for us, but. With all this money we've got now, a slog in the championship, is that really what we need? Yeah, the players, a lot of them are championship standard, but I think we'd be getting rid of most of them anyways. Yeah, and you can just imagine with the money we've got, we'd end up signing a load of players that'll get out of the championship, 
but that won't be good enough for the Premier League. And then there'll be loads of contracts and there'll be loads of sales and there'll be a whole new eleven coming in and it'll just be it'll turn into like a Fulham. You know, when they come up, sign loads of players and just go back down because they can't gel it quick enough. You can just see something like that coming in because that's what we'll do. We'd sign their full new eleven to get out, we'd get comfortably out of the championship and then we'd have a full eleven. That just wouldn't have a fucking clue in the Premier League. Yeah, I mean, even Villa nearly done the same thing, didn't they? They stayed up based on that uh, goal line decision, that uh, goal that wasn't given uh, when the, the watch yeah. wasn't working. So uh, it has been proven to be a bad one when you come up and spend so much money. But yeah, I'd rather rather stay up this season. It gives us some like a base to work from um, and then sign some players in January and in the summer as well. But what, what's been going on with the decisions against me recently? That's... That's another thing I wanted to mention. That Le- the Leicester game, obviously they gave a pen away for a trip, which he didn't even touch him. Madison just mm. dived over his, his leg and then we should have had a pen at Liverpool and then a pen at Man City as well. I think the Man City one is just like... And, I, you know, it's, I hate to be that fan of that club who get looked at as being, like, you know, wingers or they get looked to being, you know, the ones, oh, everything's against us, you know, and I, hate, I would hate to be come across like that, but come on. It's, it's becoming glaringly obvious. And I don't want to sit here and say, oh, since the takeover, the Premier League have had something against us and they put nothing in forward because you'd like to think to the naked eye, there's no way that a referee or a VAR team could do that. But look at that and, uh, yesterday, man, against on Edison and Fraser. Like, OK, I suppose the argument is Cancelo comes away with the ball. But my argument would be, OK, if a corner comes in and it's heading to the front post, but... Someone gets dragged down to the floor at the back post. It's still a penalty. So what's the difference? It's the same as if it's outside the box. If that challenge happens uh-huh. outside the box, it's a free kick, isn't it? So it's a yellow card and all. Exactly. So how did VAR uh, not get involved to help the referee out in that moment if he, if he didn't see it properly? But he was in a good position as well, so I cannot really understand that. Um, but no. even, the, even the Liverpool one... Trent went through Fraser, I think, to get the, the ball and took him out. And I'm sure Soufal give a pen away for the exact same thing and he got a red card for it so yeah. it's just strange it's, 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 and you don't want to be that fan that says it's all against us but you know I'm trying to stay positive if everything's against you at one point things have got to go for you at some point so you never know we might be having this conversation again 20th of December the day on the 20th of February we might be sitting in the heights of 16th position having <laughs> scored 6 penalties in the last 8 game weeks and we'll be flying mate just need to try and stay positive because I mean, I didn't fancy friggin' Stoke away. No, oh, no, definitely not. With with Marshall and Batby up top. <laughs> Wilson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Stephen, I think we should maybe just wrap that one straight up there. And hasn't been much FPL chat. I do apologise, but there's just so much going on. We're just yes, okay. It looks like the Boxing Day fixtures are going ahead, but fuck knows if they are going to. So it's pointless talk about transfers and players to get in because we'll advise you to get someone and they'll just they'll get COVID. That's what'll happen. That's it. We can't give any any hints or tips at the minute on players just because we don't even know who we're going to have in our own teams, never mind anyone else's. So best to stay away for now and just wait until we get further team news close at the deadline. Yeah, and imagine if we sat here and previewed 10 fixtures and then by the time the pod goes out, <laughs> all fixtures have been cancelled. I feel like right dickheads. And <laughs> Yeah, I'm not prepared to put the research in for absolutely no reason, mate. Definitely. So we'll probably not be back on until 
It'll be after Boxing Day, won't it now? So it'll be just over a week. Probably, mate. Well, you know what it is? There's Boxing Day fixtures. Then we play on the 27th. Then there's another full fixture list on the 28th. So uh, to be honest with you, it's probably going to be... After that. And we'll apologise, everyone. But it's going to be after game week 20 before it catches again. We'll catch us probably between the Boxing Day and New Year's Day. Probably in between then. Sounds good to me. All right. Yeah, sound. So, everyone, we will love yous and leave yous. And to all of you listeners from whatever country you are from, Merry Christmas from both of us. Merry Christmas. Cheers for listening. See you next time. Yes. Everyone have a good one. And ta for now. See you later.